Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Hi there. Today I realised I like my forearms more than my personality. Welcome to The Big Top. I am your host Barney, and this week I sat down with Chris, a fetishist I've known for a little while now, who shared his experiences dealing with the darker side of having been so visible in the fetish community, and why he finally feels in a place to take a step back and reassess how he controls his media and asserts boundaries. We were actually going to do this episode with me fully made up as a clown, and I'm glad I decided at the last minute to take my makeup off, because the direction we ended up going in was not the one we expected. So thank you, Chris, for being so patient with me while I postponed the recording to get de-clowned. A quick content warning, this episode touches on themes of sexual abuse, body image, and eating disorders, so I'd recommend skipping this one if you're not in a good position to listen to those discussions. Also, we were unable to use my usual audio system, so the quality isn't quite the same as normal. As always, do please rate and review this podcast if you get the opportunity, it makes a huge difference and I do love hearing from you. Today the circus is in Cardiff, Wales, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. So a lot of people are in the space and I, I've spoken to a lot of people who are kind of going through the same thing of, of, of kind of dialing back, like went really, really hard and, and were very prolific online and now are kind of dialing back and being cognizant about like your output and how, you know, does it feel authentic? What am I doing it for? And remembering as well that like what you see online isn't real. So using sex as an escape in that way can be very, very cathartic. But of course, it's not the reality of what we're what we're doing. So yeah, I, I think for me as well, like what was presented online was so far removed from actually like how I felt. But the problem is because I was doing it so much, like my waking hours would be spent on Twitter, particularly when I was deep into Twitter, and then Instagram to a lesser extent. But even then, when I started with it, I could get a little bit obsessive. And it would be refreshing to see how many likes it got and checking all the comments and just like commenting and reacting on everything. And it was exhausting. And But I think what happened was, you know, that sort of old adage that if you repeat a lie enough, you'll believe it yourself sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what it was. I, mean, I convinced myself through this sort of lens that I was presenting that this was all fine and I was happy because I felt like that is how I have to be. Yeah. To be a successful gay man on the kink scene, you need to do 
X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's what I see on Twitter. You need to have this gear. And this was also a time where I still kind of struggle with it now. But like I had not a full blown eating disorder, but disordered eating, which is it's nuancedly different, but it is very different. So it's like it's much less than. So like I'm not, I won't ever say that I've had an ED, but I had serious like issues with my weight because of my lightest. I was, I think, like 56 kilograms. Jesus. Which is not a lot. Wait, how uh, tall are you? I am 5 foot 10, 170 okay. centimeters. But I was so obsessed with staying there that I wouldn't eat, like, properly. I would eat very, very little for days. And then I would, like, binge food. And then I'd feel really guilty about it and then go mm. back always take pictures to make me look very very thin right right they're all gone now like one of the big things i did was i mean you can never delete everything off the internet but at least on my twitter everything i think before 2020 is gone so all the stuff that got me those whatever it is thousand followers is gone like it's it's deleted you can't see it anymore at least on twitter i'm not aware of it anywhere else but obviously i don't go out looking but like if you look through that it was kind of like i look back on it now i can't see those pictures anymore because i had to delete them for my own sort of like sanity it was not a healthy time in my life Mm. and i think the feeling of having to look a certain way i mean i was very very young looking when i was 18 like i was an 18 year old that looked about 15 Mm. so that's that pressure to be that really skinny hairless twink sort of look which i found out is absolutely not what i want but that's what i felt like i had to be like and the other thing is i felt like i had to be having lots of sex absolutely nothing wrong with doing it but for me to see lots of people publishing the huge amount of sex they were having and constantly being exposed to people having sex with each other on camera, on the internet. Either way, like I just saw all these people having this monumental amount of sex. I was like, well, I've got to do it. If people are going to like me, if I'm going to be like successful in this in the Twitter world, because I did have like a lot of friends growing up, and then suddenly you get all this attention online. Yeah, and it's it's very intoxicating when you don't really know, or at least I I really didn't have a sense of self back then. So yeah. I pulled a lot of that from Twitter. And it's literally intoxicating because, you know, when you refresh that page and there's another like, you do get a hit of dopamine. You you, you really do get hooked on it. And so it's something that I very consciously reject and try to avoid. But I'll catch myself doing it. You know, sometimes I'll refresh and I'm like, what am I doing? Nothing's changed. What, what You know, but it's like there is a little ding in your head and it's... Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I mean, how could you not like it, right? It, it's literal approval. It right, exactly. That, yes, and um, which so many of us never had. Well, yeah. I mean, this may shock you, but I'm a gay man who had a troubled relationship with his father. Shocker. I know, shocking, really is. But you know, also the sexual abuse that I got put through at 18 by a couple of guys, and some stuff that happened when I was 16, um, meant that I was really. I can't explain like why it did that in my head, but when something bad like that happens, I almost had to convince myself that not all men were like that. And I just became really hooked on male attention and being sexualized mm-hmm. and men wanting to have sex with yeah. me. Ironically, I wasn't having a lot of anal sex at the time because it hurt, right? And I didn't mm-hmm. find out why it hurt till later, but it was like a medical reason. Mm-hmm. But I was just constantly having lots and lots of oral sex. Um, at the time, I, I, I was fine with it, I think. I mean, it didn't feel right, but like I ignored that part of my 
yeah. yeah. I was like, I remember multiple times thinking, push through it, right? Oh, like, God. It was like, I don't know, the 4,000 meters or something. It's like, you shouldn't be pushing, like... Yeah, push through what? No, I know exactly what you mean, because I, I, that feeling of I should be doing this is how I felt when I was younger. I remember losing my virginity because I thought... I should be having sex because this is the mark of being a person in this world. This yeah. is how I prove to other people that I'm desirable. And so I lost my virginity and I was like, eh, that was so boring. Like, it was so sad. I was just like, oh, okay. And yeah, I, I, got... I totally know what you mean about like the, the, it snowballs into I need validation. Yeah. And getting away from that, like I've not posted, I don't think on any of my social medias uh, since May. Um, and don't get me wrong, I still keep in touch with my friends and the, the people that are relevant in my life. And I am grateful to Twitter and Instagram just for giving me a community to be with, right? And and it's how I've met most of the adult friends I have now, you know, wait, not adult friends, do not say that, that sounds weird. Most of the <laughs> I've made as an adult, I've made it through Instagram and Twitter. Saying I have uh-huh. friends sounds like I have child friends, and I don't have child. <laughs> what makes it sound like you're the child in which case? Yeah, something, something about that did not sound right. But yes, uh, my grown-up yeah. friends, the friends I've made as an adult, uh-huh. I've made through Twitter and Instagram on the whole, but also through meeting people, uh, events, and things like that. So I'm not like anti any of it. I think it has a place for sure, but I'm just reevaluating what that place is in my life and realizing that I don't think life is for of shoulds yeah it's one of the things i've been living by these rules i kind of set myself in my own head Mm -hmm. from a very very early age and the rules the amount of rules just increased as time went on it's only like this year that i've realized that there is no such thing as should it's just part of that like re-evaluation but i realized at some point it wasn't fun for me anymore Well, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about this because, you know, it's so inviting to see sex as an escape and putting yourself out there as such a fun way to engage with people and fight people like you. And especially with kink, it's like, oh, great. Here's one place where I can find all the 5,000 weirdos who want to look at me, you know, doing weird shit, as opposed to feeling like there's nobody else like me and, and, and I feel undesirable. The invitation of that, of course, is so glamorous. I think we forget to talk about the reality of the fact that we're all people who have lives and have to live with ourselves and contend with the fact that, you know, also a lot of these uh, social media platforms punish you if you don't, you know, post that in a regular cadence. So everything about it forces this momentum that, yeah, of course. I I think for me as well, I didn't do it because of kink. I did it to feel sexually validated to the point where I wasn't sharing kinks I knew I had because I felt like it would make people people less sexually attracted to me and I think that really comes from for me I had very low self-esteem from school I was bullied consistently from the age of five to like 16 to 18 kind of and I was always made to feel shit about my appearance and I was told particularly like what I was saying about the problems with eating earlier is from the age of 12 to 16 I want to specify this I was not even fat not there's anything wrong with being fat but like I was not a particularly fat kid but I was told repeatedly that I was fat. Oh, dude. Uh, I've not spoken about any of this, but we'll, we'll see what we keep. So I, uh, yeah, exactly the same thing at school. I don't, uh, and kids are just pieces of shit. 
so there was this joke when I was at school that every time I walked into a room, the whole class would yell that I was fat. And oh, I, God. yeah, and I was, I, I wasn't fat. You shouldn't call any child fat. Right, right, like I was just a kid. But then as a teenager, I was like rail thin. And I, I'm very sensitive around that stuff because it's very important that we talk about it because it's the only way we deal with it. But my closest friend had a, had a very, very bad ED at that age at that time. And being so close to that while all this other shit's going going on was very difficult to deal with so i completely understand as well like and when you talk about how you staged photos it really makes me think like i I try very consciously not to edit myself the way i used to in my in my head you know take a picture and just just let it be because like that's what we should see like human bodies looking like human bodies because edit or face tune anything no 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 i i can't because i i will lose i mean already like the level of body dysmorphia that goes unnoticed because of the social media that we ingest we don't even realize we're doing it we look at ourselves and go oh yeah but this thing and it's like you're seeing something that isn't even there half the time or you're seeing it in a way that is just not real yeah and i think for me it's it's fucked up because the moment i became quote unquote thin it was not a moment it was it was for like six months i had a serious problem with my stomach mm. that the doctors had no fucking clue what was going on and i only oh, found yeah. out was like two three years after it happened after i ended up in hospital but essentially i was un like really really unwell and i dropped in the space of a month 11 kilograms jesus and i went from like 59 to 48 kilos at 16 because i i couldn't eat or hold anything down for a month right so i was starved for a month like that's just what happens but that is when people started calling me thin and it was the fucking best when i was 16 i was like yeah i I used to have a 26 inch waist jesus okay so i because i went to drama school first when i when i was uh 18 Uh and i was i was a dancer so i was like training all day i was working out all day every day and so i never like i didn't i didn't go to the gym i didn't die i didn't anything i just you know we, we were just constantly working out so i was very 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 slim but i was i didn't stay long enough to like put on a ton of muscle but like like I had a six pack and that was my most insecure like I felt the worst about myself at that time in my life because like I crazy literally crazy I would wear two leotards I would wear a leotard under my leotard to ballet because I thought like it it basically just squashed every part of my body and I was self-conscious that there would be like parts I mean I I think for me like it was odd because I got sick I didn't do anything to go from one body type to another except for just like live as a human being yeah and I couldn't believe how much it changed the way that people looked at me even though it was just it was just weird it was very strange at the time to suddenly be a quote-unquote thin person and the moment it really started to dawn on me that this was something i had to like cling on to as much as possible was when i joined the quote-unquote scene right with twitter and grinder because there are certain guys that have a strong preference for very slim young looking men and they were the people who were sexually attracted to me so i thought if i dared put any weight on they'd stop 
finding me sexually attractive if i got old like i mean when i say old i mean like 20 instead of 18 like if i grew any body hair these people would stop finding me attractive oh, wow. at no point did i consider what do i want who am i attracted to yeah i was so hooked on sexual validation from other people to just feel wanted that i became obsessed with hanging on to that as much as possible so when inevitably as every single person does you know from the age of like 18 to 25 puts on weight because that's how puberty and metabolism works yeah it's how bodies yeah i was having fucking meltdowns like i was 19 weighing 58 kilograms crying and throwing up into a toilet violently drunk going i'm fat i'm fat everyone's gonna hate me because i i couldn't like i couldn't see anything else like the wildest thing is that you were taught that like that's what society have has basically laid out for us like yeah it's i mean i'm so much happier and more confident i guess it's the feeling of like the pressures off like i'm not into body types or physiques or appearances so it wasn't about what i wanted at all it was again like you i i thought i had to maintain that level that i was at when i was like working out every day all day and then i went to uni adjusted absolutely nothing about my life except for the fact that i wasn't exercising so you know very quickly put on a lot of weight and at first i felt it was a you know a, a sharp change but then very quickly i was like oh thank god the pressure's off yeah i'm not i'm not there you know like i'll be honest it's still very much ongoing for me i do have body dysmorphia this links back to twitter and instagram you are exposed to and a lot of this is advertising not necessarily like the people you follow oh god you, yeah particularly like instagram i was looking at it earlier so they have those suggested reels right and i was suggested five of them and three of them were weight loss slash muscle transformation videos fuck off sorry that makes me so mad if i look at andrew christian models none of them look like me if i look at porn none of them look like me like professional porn none of them look like me and i found increasingly the people that i was following online didn't look like me and if anything it made me less likely to go out and exercise i mean i you know, I, I swim, I walk. I'm not an inactive person, but because I don't do that specific form of exercise to get that specific body that requires a lot of hard work and energy and whatever else and a lot of time, that frankly, I, d I don't want to look like that. That's the fucked up thing. I don't see myself looking like that. That doesn't like appeal to me, but I'm so aware that I don't look like that. I end up thinking, well, of course I'm single. Of course people aren't attracted to me. Right. You know, like it, it really fucks with your head because, because there's no, I, have to keep my self-esteem up however i can and that's a difficult thing for me as somebody that was bullied a lot there's still a lot of scars from that time in my life where i spent all day every day feeling inadequate so pulling back a bit from twitter and instagram i can't constantly view content that makes me feel inadequate anymore and it all sort of accumulated last year. I started having panic attacks for like no fucking reason. But I realized from that that I'd been having panic attacks when I was like 21, 22 as a result of being so hyper online because it was a different sort of, but it was this constant anxiety, you know, that I wasn't doing enough or sharing enough. And it led me to do things like there was a video of somebody having sex with me, but I realized afterwards that during the sex, I was so much more focused on what people on twitter were gonna think oh. that i hadn't even noticed i was getting fucked fucking hell uh.
as somebody who thought that I started having panic attacks in my 20s, only to realize I'd had them two as a teenager and then one um, like long stretch of them as a child, and we didn't know what they were. So rather than take the panicking child to a doctor, you know, my parents just kind of ignored it. And so coming to realize that that was something I'd been dealing with for, for a long time was, was wild. So I totally feel you there. Not only are panic attacks really fucking scary, it's scary when they start and you think, what the hell, I'm losing my like grip on reality. But yeah, that's so horrible that your mental attention is taken away from what's happening because we're already thinking of the spectacle. I mean, okay, so I want to be very clear. It should go without saying that sex should only be fun. And obviously, you know, I talk about play consisting only of consenting acts and 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 all that. But like, you know, when you said you were looking online and you just went, do I do I need to be getting should I be getting fisted? And this is the information that we're given. Nobody is there teaching young people that there is a very, very important biological thing that happens. And it's it's part biological, part psychological. Our brains know when we're having fun, but so does our gut. And so if something feels wrong, you don't have to be traumatized or in tears to know that something is up and, and, and something is wrong. If any part of you is like not aligning, if those two parts aren't aligning and you're like, yeah, I've got this ick feeling or this mm, unsure feeling, we should feel empowered enough, one, to stop what's happening. And two, we should be taught this and be aware of it so that we're not like, oh, I, I guess that was fun. I think I had fun. I had fun, right? I wanted this, you know? Yeah. Like, it, I could not feel that instinct anymore. It got to that point. And a lot of this is, this is my own damage that I was working through and didn't really realize at the time. But I, w- I was so hooked on being validated by other people. And the only way I could find validation was by being sexually attractive to people. Mm-hmm. To the extent where, like, if I was, like, 19, I took it incredibly fucking personally if somebody wasn't into me. Like, even if their profile said, I mean, I'm being hyperbolic here, but, you know, the profile could say, I'm only into bears, cubs, and daddies, and they weren't into me, I'd be like, oh, how dare it? Like, <laughs> like what's wrong with me? Like, and then I'd, just, I'd have this, like, meltdown, and I'd be, like, I'd get so negative on myself and I, I had all this self-hatred and then you know you see a guy that you find is really fucking hot right and then you go on his twitter profile and he's retweeting nothing but fisting porn that is the moment where i was like oh i need to i need to be fisted to be attractive to this right. you know that's that's right. what it was about it, but the logic was... makes sense like like I, i'm i'm with you every step of the way i'm like yeah, yeah okay like I, I mean sorry i i laughed when it was the first time you were like you said that because it's it sounds so absurd but you're totally right like it's a plus b equals c like of course those logic threads follow yeah and i I think for me now one of the reasons i feel comfortable pulling back is because a i'm more open about what i'm into i have found people i know and trust and love uh who are also into the same sort of thing and i'm in smaller communities now that aren't public on on instagram and twitter i genuinely have not had anal sex since march i think and it is april no (laughs) Um, like that's not what i need right now you know i'm not bothered and i think that for me to be at this point of not needing sex anymore particularly when it comes to actual gay sex like i'm still kinky but a lot of my kinks i found don't involve like actual anal or sex oh yeah and and being less available to people and less public now 
means I have the time and the space and a complete lack of pressure to figure out what the fuck do I actually want? Because I, I honestly don't think before this year I had asked myself that question. I had just done everything I thought I should have done. I just want to quickly say, not only is that awesome, but I just want to reality check you. You're a very, very young person, and figuring this shit out now, very early in your life, like, when you said, you know, um, 20 felt like it was so old, and I'm just thinking, like, yeah, but of course as we get older, we, the reality, I mean, 40's the new 20, right? Like, you, there is so much of life I mean, ahead. I've had some very, very good sex with guys in their 50s, so like, absolutely no. Oh, oh yeah, I spent the weekend with a 61-year-old, <laughs> Yeah, no. I am an absolute daddy fiend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, it's it's just wonderful that I think as well, it speaks to our generation um, that we are a bit more open and, and, and talk to each other about these kinds of things so that we can stop. I mean, it's never too late, but it does just make me think of someone I was speaking to who's like in his 50s. And he, he was like, I just I feel like I've only just now started living for me and started working towards figuring out what I want for my life and I that's awesome but it's also so sad to think that like it it just used to be harder I don't think that I could be anywhere near the point I am now if I was still so hyper online because I would feel like I was failing right 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 yeah you know I was failing to be that kind of person this like hypothetical completely not like this person only exists in my head but this like mega confident super sexy slut who does every single kink and he does it without any sort of hesitation down for anything anytime constantly available (laughs) but like you know but that is genuinely when i was 18 to sort of 22 what i was aiming for yeah and then i really you know and now i look back on it and i'm like oh so that's why i was anxious and feeling like all the time because i set this unrealistic standard for myself right an unrealistic standard for anyone that a person that doesn't exist and experience doesn't exist it's about how I was reacting to what I was seeing. It's a very personal thing for me. I'm more aware of what's right for me to keep my self-esteem up, to not be depressed and anxious and feel like really, it was just this constant feeling of not being good enough and not meeting an expectation that I couldn't even vocalize at the end because I was spending all my time at strangers' houses mm. from, you know, strangers from Grinder, or getting too drunk or just being a general fuckabout, you know, as, as one is at that age and also not a very nice person. Sorry, but I love the term general fuckabout. That is well, a fantastic descriptor. Um, <laughs> my general fuckabout days, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool now like i'm trying to work on self-forgiveness and the rest of that but it's oh, yeah it's not a period of time that i'm proud of at all there yes. are, i know for that period of time they're still friends with and i'm grateful for but also there's a lot of people that i upset in that time and yes i can't take that back you know no you can't but it's ultimately doesn't matter anymore what you did it's what you choose to do and so you cannot be very proud of 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 things and treating people badly and then of course but self-forgiveness is something that is very very easy to tell other people they should practice and it's very very hard to practice yourself and so if you weren't the person that you were you wouldn't be the person that you are so there is something to looking back and going well i'm glad i'm not in that time and place anymore and i'm not that person but also yeah you gotta live with it I, i i don't know like i have that for my teenage 
teenagers where I live with all this guilt and shame and I sort of like hate that teenager and then I have to you know every week go and talk about all that and and I think that's the point being is that the reason perhaps that I've come to these conclusions now about trying to be more focused on what is healthy for me what do I need what are my psychological needs to be sort of a functional person every day like what do I need to avoid what do I need to surround myself with right all of that came about because I had this this break-off period and I don't think I'd be there if it hadn't happened I ended up in counseling which really turned it around like I'm one of those people where I just respond well to counseling because similar to being interviewed podcast as I'm sure you can tell I can talk and talk and talk a bit more especially when I'm like figuring things out in my own head I can't make sense uh-huh. of them to like vocalize them. and One hey thing. sorry to be the horrible interrupter that I am but like never knock the uh you know I used to think of myself as a very introspective person and it's not until I sat down in front of someone and started talking that I was like oh I haven't really I haven't heard it out loud I haven't worked this out at all you know and like yeah I found out I always used to think I I'm very realistic about myself. I'm very self-aware until I went to counseling and then I realized, no, I'm not self-aware. I just have absolutely no self-esteem. And that is constantly bullying myself and just shit about myself. Like for me, I will say the sex that I enjoy the most is bottoming. But the only time it's been good is when it's been with a very close friend. Oh, yeah. Someone I trust, right? An environment I'm comfortable in, not in public. Uh, I have had that sort of sex. But the truly enjoyable sex for me is a one-on-one experience. I have a lot of friends who I have sexual, like there is a sexual component to our relationship. But um, what I've realized is I don't really crave constantly having anal or having anal very often with people I don't know. But when I am attracted to someone and I do know someone well and I trust them, that's when I want to participate in anal sex. It's a very, like, it is something I only do with a certain amount of people who I've built that trust and relationship with beforehand. Mm. And it took me a while, like till last year, to be like, and that's okay. Uh, I mean, it's funny how much of that, like, not to not to make it about me, um, as I want to do, but it's, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean because I stopped having anal for a few years because it became, so I, I have a slightly different take on it in, in that I, anal for me was how I had vanilla sex because yeah. I couldn't get aroused any other way I was just so disinterested and so I realized that that was the way I could feign arousal but I also I'm not like I don't like uh lube so (laughs) I just I I never used lube and I I, I I don't know I flinched at the thought oh yeah I never used lube and I it never became an issue and like condoms have a bit of lube on them I guess so like you know that that helped but oh darling I was not using condoms (laughs) all right we're going to circle back to that after the break because we do need to take one but uh, but I I I, I've always used a condom but I I'd never used lube never never and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that suddenly it became very painful and I got really depressed about it because I again like you said like I felt like I can't perform I can't do this thing that I need to do and I'm, I'm gonna let my partner down and and then we just didn't have anal sex for years and I'm like oh yeah actually that's not a really big part of what I enjoy doing I guess I don't know like for me I <laughs> Like I only have sex with close friends because I, for me that, uh, I don't know, like that's part of sex. Like when I was like sleeping with multiple men, Mm. like, like I've never had a one night stand because I, 
like if I if I don't want to hang out with you, I don't want to fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, and I I didn't really know that when I was taking on all these things about being a hypersexual person, I was having completely anonymous sex with guys in nightclubs. And I remember distinctly one time I was, I was in Manchester and there was this guy and I remember that I was not attracted to him and I just let him fuck me Ugh. because I felt like I hadn't been fucked that night. And here was somebody who wanted to fuck me and ergo Jeez. he wanted to fuck me. Yeah. Right? And also how, like, how damaging is it when the people around you are reinforcing that that is your worth it was just sort of echo chamber we were in at the time mm. you know but all of us through our online presence have got involved yeah. in a sort of subset of twitter yeah. that encourages that kind of thing there's like, nothing wrong with i mean have sex how you want to have sex um well, obviously yeah, you know but but i remember afterwards i was in the shower and i fucking like sort of with my arm i like, punched the wall and just like let out like this sort of just strange noise i just i was so pissed off at myself that I had let this man I wasn't attracted to fuck me, right? Mm. And that was one of the few moments where I really started to understand that this was not right for me. I was seeing people having a large amount of sex or having types of sex that were not possible for me or even types of sex that I didn't want to do, but I saw were popular. So I saw that a lot of other people wanted to have that type of sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, you laugh, but genuinely, like, no, I, I laugh because I totally know what you mean. It's like yeah. I see other people doing it, so I think, should I want that? And it's like, what, like, why, it, we, why is this not explained to us? Like, why do we have to go through this crap to figure this shit out about ourselves? Because well, never mind the fleetingness of like your biological physique, but like you say, the work to go through that just to look a certain way, like, not even about how you feel or what you're physically capable of, yeah. like, for what and for who. Right. Yeah. What I didn't understand, and I do understand now, is that was not the right form of sex for me. But yeah. I felt like it had to be yeah. because that's what I kept seeing on Twitter. It was a really damaging thing to do to myself. And and honestly, the hardest part of the last sort of three years that I've really come off it has been trying to figure out and rebuild my own self-image. Because by the end, I had no fucking clue who I was. Without being sexual, who was I? And and that's things I'm taking a break from events next year. I might go to like one or two of the smaller ones, but I'm not doing Darklands. I'm not doing Folsom. I probably won't do Fetch with London or MRM or all, all of the big ones. I never for a second questioned what would I do if I wasn't going to Darklands, right? Like what would right. my life look like if my calendar wasn't full <laughs> of going to the same set events every year? Yeah. Because once again, I felt like I had to go to them because otherwise I was missing out, you know? Yeah. Okay, I am going to stop you because I just need to take a break. That's fine with me. My throat is, I need some water, so that's actually fine with me. I might get a beer, actually. Oh, that was funny. Um, Sorry. All right, I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. Actually, actually, I've I've kind of got a rule where like you're allowed to burp on the podcast because that has happened a few times with right. guests. So I think it's only fair that I, I keep in my burps as well. Can we just quickly talk about the fact that I was gonna do this as a clown? 
That is funny. I was in clown makeup and like fully dressed up and everything for a photo shoot and then was... In fairness, we didn't know we were going to talk about this. We thought we were going to talk about something completely different. True, but I just... The (laughs) thing we were going to talk about that kind of tracks through like... I'm so glad that I... I literally, I felt very bad like at the very last minute being like, sorry, can I just take some... No, I'm glad you did because yeah, this would have been a bit of an interesting situation. Yeah, just (laughs) me sitting here with my big red nose on and and I was in a harness as well. Like It was a strong look it was well i mean it's funny because i've been thinking about this a lot and the underpinning of my kinks because when you were saying you, you you weren't sure how you would really explain or describe yours to people, for me, it's the underpinning of embarrassment. When I say I have a humiliation kink, I think people yeah. get the wrong idea because I don't mean humiliation in the sense of like being called a bitch and, you know, smacked around. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that kind of side of it. Like I'm talking about embarrassment, like yeah. silly. Having a, a weird, silly kink in itself is a form of humiliation. So having hmm. a humiliation that is so out there and bizarre in itself is its own kind of like thrill uh, to like explain to people and then to to Mm. vocalize like I get that the less I'm publishing online and the less I'm sharing the more comfortable I feel doing kink so I'm having more kink fun now, probably like quantity wise less than than what was happening in, in my sort of 18 to 22 period. But because I found sort of people that understand it yeah. and also because I don't feel the pressure to have sex or, or a kink session purely for the motive of sharing it online to get validated from other people, oh, which yeah. probably is a lot of the reason that I had quite a bit of the sex and the kink that I did have was it was far more about the photos and the online validation yeah. than it was actually having a fun time which mm. a wasn't good for me and b wasn't good for the other person i was with because I, I wasn't present you know i wasn't really into it i was doing things to feel like you know that's what i had to do but now i'm off there and i don't feel the need to share like those humiliation things particularly i'm much more comfortable exploring them because they can remain private to me you know yeah and i guess like Community really, really matters. I, I, I never thought I would find that. I never thought I could. Um, uh, sorry. You really are going to have to keep with it. Yeah. Fuck. Um, I never thought that I would like find smaller groups of people who really got me and understood me. And when I did, it really blew my mind. Like it was something that I totally took for granted. I And now I'm I'm so on board with how much more important it is and how that is the right kind of echo chamber because that's the one that is well not an echo chamber it's a you're reflected in the people around you right and so like being able to choose those people and have those close bonds and have mutual understanding together and be able to uplift and support each other and that's kind of you know now that I'm kind of going into the social media side of things I'm like okay great I can I can find that online as well and that's a bit more far-reaching of course all of the things that you're talking about I yeah it is so hard to avoid those pitfalls and also not enough people talk about them too many people talk about only the good side or the potential of social media especially with like outreach and community finding and it's like 
yeah, that's great, but like, and God, guess, it's a pit of despair as well. I benefited from it, but I would say that the thing I use more than ever now, or sorry, more than Instagram and, and Twitter is Recon. And I know people have their separate issues with Recon. Dude, but I, I was about to talk about Recon. So I like Recon because A, I can share specifically what I want and I can look for specific people that I know are into the same things. Yep. And it also takes away a lot of the voyeurism of like Twitter. It's not like a feed it's a, a messaging app so i dip in and out of that as and when i need to to catch up with certain people and it's also helpful that like say i have a, you know a good friend who's into a very specific kink same as me i then can look through his friends list on recon and be like oh here's some other guys that might be into it and then you know i've often met people sort of through that degree of separation totally. that's how i met i mean like that's well that's how I met like all of the most important people in my life now was yeah. was through Recon. And I kind of think of it as like FetLife if FetLife was not um, what it is <laughs> for the straight people. Straight yeah. People, no offense to straight people, but like, I don't know if you noticed, but they ruined the climate and World War II, straight people's fault, just saying. Was so. it? Okay. It really it really I mean, I, I would say everyone is kind of the worst, but but yeah, yeah. Anyway, I use Recon less as well. Like, I, it's where mm. another guy I've also pulled back from. But my point being, because there isn't that constant scrolling feed, yeah. Particularly the Twitter churn, and there's also, I think, a reason I I, I liked Instagram more than Twitter is not only did I not feel the pressure to be naked, which was a big thing for me, because my my Instagram is very tracking trainer focused. So I am just oh yeah, in, it is. <laughs> I'm just in full tracks right which yeah. i can wear and i do wear every day and yet i found guys interested in me and wanted to talk to me who hadn't seen me naked and that was a big thing and now i'm at the point with all three of them where i'm just pulling back a little bit right but from recon a little bit from instagram and twitter a lot this is going to sound so naive yeah but i <laughs> i've never considered if that's why someone might be talking to me I don't think so because my my Twitter is so weird and wacky and kinky. Right, like, yeah. You kind of have to be there for that. But I I I realize that I do have like you can go and see me nude and 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 fucking and stuff. No, yeah, I'm just like it's like it never even crossed my mind that that would be like uh, a conversation starter. Well. You know, and, and as I said, like, this is this is a very personal experience where for me, it was just not having that pressure anymore. Right. Yeah. To do things that explicit, that step away from explicit sexuality into sort of implied sexuality with Instagram. And then from there, only sort of recently have I realized that I need a bit of a break from all of that in my life. And I need to see what life is like without the constant sort of churn, you know? Yeah. Churn is a good word for that. I, I feel that. And like, I'm not going to delete my accounts. I'm not going to dramatically tweet out i'm leaving twitter oh i think you should <laughs> you know like, yeah do it for the drama though no when somebody subtweets and it's so vague oh yeah love that all, but if you've got three thousand followers 20 of them could think that tweet was about them right and do you know what else it just it really gives the energy <laughs> of someone you know you know it's like being on tiktok and being like um i just i'm not gonna name names but i just 
something happened and I just need to clear the air. You know, it's just very that. It's like, oh, yeah. get the fuck over yourself, you know. I'm trying to be more in the um, let's go meditate in the park and light my sage candle sort of period of my life. Got it, got it. So you're going from one extreme of insane to another. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but this insane makes me happy. So there you go. Good, that's all that um, matters. I think the other thing with the drama is I was very involved with that. And I think, you oh, know, really? Like, not necessarily on Twitter, but I was not necessarily dramatic. I don't know how to describe it. Is this when we go on your Twitter and cancel you? Just kind of a bitch, you know? <laughs> but the reason was, I was so insecure that yeah, yeah. it threatened me. Yeah. And it's still something I struggle with now. I still occasionally catch myself and I've said something catty and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. I don't want to be a person that puts negative energy out into the world. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, God, I feel old saying this, but it does come with age that you realize when people are doing that, you you, you recognize the behavior, you go, like, I, I remember being intimidated by everyone and anybody could, it could feel like they're having a go at me for literally just existing. It's that mentality. It's that insecure, fish out of water, straight out of school feeling of being terrified of the world. And those are the people that then are bitchy and catty and snappy and they seem so intimidating. And of course, you know, I was so insecure because of this hypersexual existence that I couldn't keep up with. Mm. That insecurity just fed into these sort of negative behaviours. I, I you touched on something earlier that I want to talk about because we we've joked about it before, mm. um, which is sexual health. Sure, because yeah. that's another thing that's that obviously very very important and very crucial, especially quite topical right now with monkeypox, which is not an STI being you know so prevalent. But of course, anything that's skin contact is going to be you know labeled the new gay disease. And like I grew up in a time and a place where things like the AIDS crisis were not very long ago, and mm. I think we forget that because. I grew up thinking that's, oh, that's eons ago. And it's like, no, no, that that was very, very, I mean, that was still happening, you know, when I, right, right before I was born. I mean, it, it peaked in 1992, which I don't right. even realize. Right, right, right. People think of it as the 80s. And it's like, no, no, this, this was well into the 90s. So, and again, it's like, what, what little sex education we're given, which I say little, I was afforded, I think, the best sex education available. And that still is subpar. You know, they instilled in us, wear a condom, use a condom, here's how they work. That was it. We learned about pregnancy. I was very informed on the coil, was not right. informed on any other type of like non-vaginal sex. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, like I was not educated on anal stimulation. We, we also were given a very, very minuscule idea of what sex is and what it can be and like girls should also be taught what anal sex like everyone should be taught all of these things and should be taught that sex can happen in a myriad of ways it doesn't have to be penetrative you know there doesn't have to be mutual arousal mutual climax getting pregnant is not the worst thing that can happen and also like again like we were talking earlier about how this ick feeling that now we're kind of learning is like oh yeah maybe I don't actually want this I convinced myself that I wanted to lose my virginity and it took me until I was 18 I looked back on it and was like oh yeah no I was not ready to do that I didn't want to do that it wasn't fun we're not taught any of that we're taught penis goes into a vagina sperm happens mm -hmm. eggs happen babies happen if you don't want that to happen wear a condom goodbye nothing else I mean like no other way no other version of stimulation no other version of interaction no other and, and nothing like literally at so little like we were told that 
STIs are bad and don't get them. And if you get them, you're dirty. The, the information we were getting is not, you know, a lot of people get them and you can get them a lot of different ways. And this is, you know, how you treat yeah. them and this is how you live with them. My like concept of sexual health Mm. was so limited so mm. when i was 18 my uh, i started sleeping with my now partner and he was like when was the last time you were tested and yeah. i was offended by the question i was like right. what do you mean like as if that meant like you know he was calling me dirty or something and he was like no that's a very normal thing that everyone should be doing regardless of like who you are like every three months pretty much since i turned 18. right like i i hadn't even like i'd heard of it but i hadn't even even considered yeah. i was not getting tested and i was so weird about it i was i didn't know how to feel about it i i felt kind of ashamed about it and the point i wanted to make was get tested go get tested for fuck's sake like mm -hmm. it is not a big deal but yeah just regular testing is a normal thing to do it's totally non-hassle we're so fortunate to be in a, a an era of like i guess awareness about these things and especially like some of the worst things you catch them early and you learn to manage them and it is really, really manageable. So that's where I was going with that. I wanted to ask you, what did I want to ask you? I don't know. <laughs> Something about uh, condoms, anal. Oh, anal, 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 I anal. I have an image of burnt in my brain now of you absolutely wide-eyed going, anal, 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 anal. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really don't want to be disgusting. No, no, go, go. Just do it. So the concept of douching right. has just recently been introduced to me. So I've now douched three times in my life. None of those have happened to coincide with uh, having sex. But, and it's a big but, th this is something we should fucking be taught because I feel like a gross Neanderthal in that I have been bottoming since I was 15 years old and never once considered... End of the day, it is two men, one of whom is inserting his penis into an anus, right? Right, where poo happens. If, if shit happens, shit happens. Like, douching isn't a requirement. I feel gross like Neanderthal. You shouldn't feel any shame because... You no, 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 because I was uninformed. So, like, I wasn't aware... And again, like, this is my big sort of, like, thing about sex education. We, we, we need to be aware of like even hygiene to do with like cleaning your foreskin like that was not something that like i was ever shown how to do i don't know just little things like that where like i i hadn't even heard of them and i guess i'm i don't know lucky or i have some sort of cavernous colon or, or i don't know i never looked at the condom afterwards like i i've never encountered poo but like cavernous colon would be a great gay punk rock band how do you think yeah <laughs> cavernous colon no one made me feel bad about not doing it it was just surprising that i hadn't heard or considered like no one had brought it up no one had ever said to me like do you do anything in that area i guess i don't know what like i i mean i can't like suggest anything for an education board because what the fuck do i know but i definitely know what didn't help me growing up and i think a lack of education in in areas and the thing is like i was offended by the notion that i should get tested as if there was something like as if that said something bad about me i get that i agree with you there should be more education and i wish i had no more i you know what i really could have done with knowing about that we weren't taught about was consent and that yeah and that has changed like i know there's been a big difference between the sex education we received to what they receive now and i think oh, yeah. cover like queer themes and consent and things like that and gender much more Oh, um, but I feel like our experience is not the experience that you're having now, and that's good. That's a fucking hope not, no, especially with consent. I, I've got too many, and you know, 
I'm 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 one of them, but I have too many friends who have just so many stories of yeah yeah it's 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 not not knowing whether or not something was okay, not remembering when something happened. I have been raped, right? That is a statement of fact. Yeah, that is a thing that happened to me when I was eighteen. Uh, I'm not ashamed about that, right, at all. Uh, but I didn't realize what it was until about two years afterwards oh right. oh yeah no I, and, and and i mean that's so fucking hard that's so fucking hard and that's so horrible to have to deal with but i you know and and this is why sort of all of this is quite a personal experience for me and why i don't sort of prescribe it as a as a, a panacea for everyone is is to to be online less it's for me the way i dealt with that rape was by having as much sex with other guys as possible yeah right to feel a less uh, ironically less dirty right dirty is <laughs> a purple phrase anyway because yeah. people aren't dirty right i mean people can be dirty unless <laughs> unless you're covered in dirt yes but in, the, in the terms of like a dirty slut like that sort yeah. of disgusting right that's that, that, damaging language that's not a characteristic of person a person can't be dirty right but for me i felt so used and just gross about myself that i needed other people to validate me and build me up oh yeah reclaiming yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. but the problem is that that very quickly descended into needing sex to feel yeah. myself and not even the sex yeah. but the, the it was it was being wanted more than anything else you know yeah that's not what it was it was not the actual act of sex it was having a guy want me and treat me nicely and, and talk to me and be interested in me that is what i was absolutely addicted to and and it really rotted away a lot of my personality because i felt like i had to be the most likable person possible and the most sexually attractive person possible and do you know what the funny thing about desirability is oh yeah do it right in the mic the the the, the funny thing about desirability is thinking that you need to correct yourself that you can make every because first of all you can't make everyone like you and that's life but thinking that you can find a way to so in that statement there you can't make everyone like you and that's life i did not understand that till i was like 22 23 yeah you know because yeah. i was so insecure that yeah. if someone didn't like me i took it so personally you yeah. know yeah. and the thing is i was exposed to so many people who had the potential not to like me because i was so online all the time you know? Well, and also like it's I in my experience, it's it's the people who are the most like the people who are the least concerned with trying to get you to like them who are the most desirable. And that all boils down to you recognize the confidence of someone else's sense of self. I think like when people are comfortable in their own skin, you feel comfortable around them because you can tell when someone isn't. And so yeah. the trap is to try and be desirable. And of course, you if you spend all your time trying to figure out what other people... Oh, and here's the other thing. This is something I learned, which I, I think is so fucking genius. It's none of your business why other people like you. Like, it's none of your business mm. what people find desirable about you. Because at the mm. end of the day, you don't have to fuck you. And so it's it's got nothing to do with with you. And that changed so much of the way that I thought about things. I was like, oh, yeah. That person likes me. I don't get it, but I don't have to get it because, yeah. because I like them, not not me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess 
still something I'm work I'm working on. And I I think for me, like it gives me the opportunity to appreciate the people in my life who aren't only there to see me do sexually explicit things or, or create uh, content, which uh, I hate that word. So I much. hate the word content. <laughs> I've heard people refer to sex as content before, and that just makes me sad because I've been in that place, right? That's exactly what I was talking about, is I was having sex for content, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. And, and uh, you know, don't get me wrong, like some people, this is their job, and they, they genuinely do create content right because because that is that is their work right that's a separate thing yeah but like me but when you've taken all the joy out of sex to as i had and uh, it's been that experience of just just constantly thinking about how sex i was having looked and even now i think one of the reasons i'm realizing i'm pulling back is for the longest period i felt that there's almost been like an invisible man in the corner of the room always watching me like, like everything i was doing was subject to you know obviously in, not in a in a like sort of spooky gothic sense i was so not not voldemort no I, or yeah hg wells or whatever but um <laughs> it really for me it was that constant awareness that what i was doing would be subject to scrutiny online right yeah that i i ended up thinking about things even things i weren't sharing online through the lens of what would be popular if i was to share it online yeah, right? yeah, yeah. it influenced my life to such an extent and it completely lost my sense of self and even now i often will do something like i am the most god-awful singer in the world right but sometimes on a sunday when i'm just feeding myself i want to belt out state of independence by donna summer hell right? yeah in my flat by myself and before i wouldn't do that but now like i'm at that point where that that thinking is going from my head like it's good and, and it, it's a much like healthier Fuck yeah bit of my life and, th and this is i think what i'm saying is that the positivity i'm trying to pull back into like all of this because I, I really don't want to come off as like you know instagram or twitter and bah, 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 bah. <laughs> the, the devil the, through removing myself from a perceived scrutiny i am able to enjoy my life so much more and that that goes for my sex life as well as my life outside of that and like that is such a positive feeling because it's not coming from a negative place i may well return to both platforms in the future if i feel like that is what i want to do but i will not do it for the sake of creating something constantly to keep up or to do it to fill in an inadequacy or a sort of a, a self-doubt that I feel like I'm beyond that now. I don't want to do that anymore. I need some time to figure out who the fuck I am without that constant noise and churn and 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 self-doubt that I've been feeling for so long. Like I, I am I'm there now. I'm so much right now in life because i'm just less exposed there's a, such a self-empowerment to it and you never know like in two weeks time i might wear a really fucking good outfit and share it on instagram <laughs> i don't know right but i know that i won't ever be back in that space that i was you've got to do what's good for you and and it's okay to not be always available always online or, or keeping up a constant stream of content right yeah uh, and you know what else is also okay to not always be your best self and when you yeah. are spread so thin and you're in that churn and maybe you don't behave the best way you can cut yourself some slack because yeah. Yeah. we're not always gonna be the per yeah. i mean we're, again with like 
trying to distill ourselves into these perfect snippets of our lives that we put online, which are really, again, just a patch in the quilt of our lives. And it's like, we we sometimes feel like we need to be switched on all the time. And sometimes you're just in a bad mood. And sometimes you fuck up and say sometimes you say the wrong thing. And sometimes you do something you, you regret. But I think that's beautiful the way that you put it. And that's really cool. And I think you should also be really proud of yourself. There's like a really exciting beginning to, you know, the next chapter. That's yeah, and that's the thing is I'm not ending my involvement with kink or sex or anything else. I'm just redefining it. That's all it is. And it's it's taken a while to just be okay with that, you know? Yeah, but that's awesome. And I think as well, like, it's important to be able to hear because could you imagine actually being being a young person and and getting to getting to hear this firsthand Mm. i think is is Mm. is 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 really worthwhile because i've been doing this for seven years and that is a long time to be doing anything yeah (laughs) i at least think it's given me the self-awareness to be able to share sort of my feelings around it so i'm i'm very happy that i've been able to express that yeah um so you know thank you for the opportunity um i think well i was gonna say on that thread did you have a specific positive thing to plug yes absolutely so recently can i just say i love small events i think they are the best yes because it's just so with you. it brings people together in in smaller places that aren't London and Manchester. Which I love you, London and Manchester, but Jesus fucking Christ, can you get any more attention? Um, so I just want to shout out the well, both the Welsh Leather and the Welsh Rubber Men who organised the Cardiff Fetch Weekend. Uh, it was uh, so the beginning of August, and it was a really lovely event. It was just a bunch of very lovely guys going to the local bars in Cardiff, having a great time, being with one another. The people looked fucking stunning. Like the the leather men know how to turn out. Jesus fucking God. my God! They all look great, and I had a wonderful time. And it was a really lovely weekend. And and I just really wanted to. Like, I think that's such a positive thing because it's the first ever one, and it went really well. And I just wanted to acknowledge that and also say how grateful I am that there is something now in my new home city. Uh, so yeah, that's my positivity. Oh, that's brilliant. That's such a good one. I okay. So mine was gonna be one thing, and I've totally changed my mind. So I mine is I normally shout out someone who's doing like something cool in the community, but I I'm totally changing it. I'm I'm, I'm totally changing it. Mine is gonna be fucking therapy. Very kind of like off off what I normally do, but therapy absolutely changed my life, and it's like it's not that I didn't have resources available. Mm. It was like it. I still felt like I, I don't know, wasn't worthy of going, or like you know, I, I, I was afraid to go. I didn't know what. It, blah 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 blah. There's a, a thousand reasons to tell myself like not to go, and I put it off for years, and eventually yeah. got to the point where it just everything boiled over, and I yeah. finally took the step to actually fucking go, and it was pulling teeth. Like the first, it, it, it was, it was so difficult to start, and once I actually got the all rolling with that journey it's it's work it's hard work and it is constant and there's no big prize and it's 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 
like you say there's no big prize but i know some of the most profound truths i have ever found out about myself oh through counseling yes so do i no completely like there are like the benefit is exponential when i say like there's no big prize what i mean is like there's no oh here's your reward you feel better today you know like sometimes you will leave feeling like shit and you're like Oh God, I don't know about that. And sometimes you have a breakthrough moment and those are brilliant as well, but it's just, it's, it's the continuous, it's, it's the keep, it's keep doing it. And my God, it has changed my life like night and day. So I, I just want to give my therapist a shout out, um, but also just, just therapists in general and, and, and therapy. If you feel like you need to, or could benefit from it, I, I honestly think that everyone should be in therapy at least at some point in their life and when i say therapy i mean that there are so many different ways of doing it that you know there i mean and that's the whole gamut from you know counseling to psychiatry like for example i i've gone through three therapists now and the whole point is that you find someone who you work well with who can listen and also can bounce things back and yeah if at any point you feel like you could benefit from it even if it doesn't feel like a big enough or a bad enough issue take the opportunity and 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 do it talk to someone for god's sake because unfortunately too many of us don't and that's very sad but yeah i just wanted to give my ther- <laughs> i just wanted to give therapy in general a shout out as my positive because it's absolutely life changing um, stage miss therapy in general <laughs> miss therapy general <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me today. This has been an absolute gem. Uh, I would say you can find me on X and Y, but you absolutely cannot. If you know who I am, that's fine. <laughs> if but you know who I am, no, you don't. <laughs> well, as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is the underscore muckle underscore stota, and Twitter is at T Stota. Although maybe in keeping with this week's theme, get off your phone and don't bother following me. All right, I still haven't figured out how to end any every episode has like no ending because i'm still not sure how 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 i want to end like you just ended it well do you think my problem is that i psych myself out because i i end it and then i go oh god i don't know how to end well you know what it is is i find a lot of podcasts because i listen to a lot of podcasts because i am a white man um Mm -hmm. uh, i have that problem too yeah because you don't know what this is going to sound like right now do you i know but i kind of like the idea of I kind of like the vulnerability of just being like, I don't know how to end this. Goodbye. Well, there's your ending. Done. Sorted. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. 
Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.